Welcome to another episode from TFA Church. Here at TFA Church, we value people and we trust that this episode will be a blessing to you. Hey, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We have been in a series on the five solas. The five solas, and this is part four. Cannot wait till next Sunday. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. But uh, part four is Soli Deo Gloria. Para la Gloria de Dios. That's in Spanish, but the first part was in Latin. Soli Deo Gloria. It's uh, for the glory of God alone. All right, the five solas, again, to do a quick review. Martin Luther and 1517 penned a 95 thesis on the uh, Wittenberg Chapel in Wittenberg, Germany. It was kind of a debate. He was a professor of the university there, and he was saying, hey, let's debate these 95 uh, points. And, and out of that really came the Protestant Reformation over a period of, of 500 years. And then at somewhere early in the 1900s, uh, this, this was phrased or pinned down and became the five solas the five solas. We've talked about sola scriptura. Why do we do what we do at TFA? Because we are sola scriptura. We go by the Bible. It's, we, it, the Bible alone is the authoritative rule of faith and practice for, for believers. We talked about sola gratia e fide, so only by grace and only by faith. How uh, I many remember what we talked about last Sunday? Sola Christus, right? Only Jesus in Christ alone, right? And so this morning... I'm glad you helped me on that because I was having a, a moment where I couldn't remember last Sunday. But this morning, it's for the glory of God alone. Hey, the church at, the, at that point, and again, this is not a, 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 to throw shade or throw rocks at the church at that point, but the church at the time was, was making church about other things, okay? Other things. You can buy things. You could have a market. You could, you could do other things other than the gospel, other than... Jesus and, and other than for his glory and, and this these five solas this sola dea gloria we are here for the glory of God alone this is not a man's show this is not a man's church this is not a pastor's church or a priest's operation this this is for the glory of God alone do we do we get that wrong at times sure do we get in the way at times sure but we are here for the glory of God alone. That's why we are here. And, and a secondary title could be the great why of God. Why, why are we here? So 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says it this way. So whether we eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews or Greeks or the church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Paul's talking about food sacrifice to idols. There's an entire context of these words that you want to go back and study. But he's saying, hey, we, we're not here to offend anyone. We're doing everything we can do for the glory of God. I love Westminster's Westminster's Catechism, the, the words that they said many years ago, they said, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. God is most glorified in His justified 
people, when those justified people are most satisfied in him. Let me say that again. God is most glorified in his justified people when those justified people are the most satisfied in him. In him for what? For his glory, for his honor, for his kingdom's sake. So let me give you point one this morning. Number one, I have two. We have a business meeting in a little while, so I've got to make it a little bit shorter, but I do have three points at the end. Okay. <laughs> Number one, why are we here? Number one, to experience his grace. To experience his grace. Hey, listen to, listen to this scripture. Uh, and, and basically, the, the New Testament says that, or in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28, it, it says that, that uh, God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them, and this is what he said. God blessed them. God blessed them. You know, we can receive the blessings of God, and we have. God blessed them. Then he says to Abraham over in Genesis chapter 12, he says, I will bless those who curse you, or I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. It's a blessing of God that we can have upon our life from God. That's his grace, his unmerited favor. We don't do anything to deserve his grace, but, but he gives us his grace, and, and we experience that. Certainly, just by being alive is one measure, but the other measure is when we say, Lord, I have sinned. I have come short of the glory of God, the greatness and goodness of God. And, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need your grace in my life. And he comes in, and he saves us, and he fills us with his spirit. And that's the, the measure of grace that's given to us. We're here to experience his grace. Thank God for his grace. The gospel is all about the grace of God. The very fact that the Old Testament, they were... Rule after rule, they were trying to measure up, and, and God sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life and to die as a, as a lamb, as, as, as a perfect sacrifice upon the cross because we could have never done that and gotten there. And we tried over and over again. Humanity did. Mankind did. But then, because Jesus was perfect, when we look to Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, we receive his perfection given to us. It's called the righteousness of God in Christ. We receive his goodness and his righteousness given to our account. It's called the, the credit or the imputation of righteousness. So we're here because we can experience his grace. I remember, I remember uh, when I was a brand new believer, I was a young man, uh, really when I had completely surrendered to God. Uh, in high school, as a senior in high school, I would look around and I would think, why are there so many other believers that think that you still can't have fun? Right? And I, I don't mean fun like I used to have fun, you know, like out in the world partying and, and, and that, but, but, but enjoying life. And then when I got close to the believers, they did believe that. And they did believe John 10.10, which is my all-time favorite scripture, that I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. And I began to realize, wow, the believers that I know now, I, 
they're not like I thought they were. They're, they're, they're actually believers that, that believe in you can really have fun and really enjoy this life because their sins have been washed and they've been freed from their addictions and, and their things that, that have kept them from God. And now they're full of grace. And, and, and I just fell in love with the church because they had received the grace of God, the forgiveness of their sins, the joy of the Lord as their strength. And, and I, I, I came to understand that, you know what, I, I, my best life was ahead because I know Jesus. And, and, man, I love life, and I couldn't wait to come to church and, and enjoy the presence of God. Another way of saying this is enjoying His grace. Not only experience His grace, but enjoy His grace. Enjoy being a believer. Are you, are you thankful you're saved this morning? Are you thankful that you love Jesus this morning? Are you enjoying it? Yes. I'd rather serve Jesus than do anything else. If I had a thousand lives to live, I'd live every one of them for Jesus because he saved me. Secondly, wow, Pastor, you're flying this morning. I'm going to spend forever on this point. Let's go. We're here not only to experience his grace, sola deo gloria means we're here to extend his glory. To extend his glory. And, and what we see in Scripture is that God, God saves us, but God is not here for us. Please don't misunderstand me this morning. When we need him, he's here. Certainly, he's a friend closer than a brother. He's the spirit on the inside. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the holy comforter, all of those things. But God saves us not for us. He saves us. For him. We are here to extend his glory. We are here for him. Ezekiel chapter 36 says it this way. Verses 22 through 23. Therefore say to the house of Israel. He was saying how he was going to bless them. But watch this. Therefore thus says the Lord. I do not do this for your sake. O house of Israel. But for my holy namesake. Which you have profaned among the nations. Wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in, your mit, in their midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord. The nations shall know that I am the Lord. Even one of the most famous stories in all of the Old Testament is the exodus of the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, into the wilderness, and ultimately into the promised land. Listen to this scripture that that God says about himself concerning the Israelites. Exodus chapter 14, verse 4. He says, Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, that, that is the children of Israel, and I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and over all of his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. That is, he's saying, I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army that they will know that I am the Lord God, this God that we serve, miraculously parts the waters. He, he, uh, he causes the Israelites to go through on dry ground. And, the, and ultimately, the Egyptians are, are swept away by the waves. And, and they all lose their lives. And, and God says, it's to gain glory for myself. To gain glory for myself. Do you have a problem with that? The Lord's asking this morning. We are here for him. It's his house. It's his kingdom. Sola Deo Gloria means for the glory of God alone. That means we don't have to like it at times. There are scriptures we will read that will 
But we trust in his agenda. We trust in his plan. And we trust ultimately in who he is. Because we are here not for us. We are here to extend his glory. The Bible says in Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. And when you read stories in the Old Testament, like the story of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we, those are their, their, uh, their uh, Persian names or Babylonian names, but, but it's, you know, Belshazzar and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah, uh, basically the, that were their Hebrew names. And, and when, you look at the, when you look at that story of the three Hebrew children thrown into the fiery furnace, you're like, why would God... Allow them to go in the fiery furnace. But we know that God came into that fiery furnace and saved them, brought them out. People did lose their lives through that. But when you, when you read that story and, you, and you, you kind of scratch your head, if you go to Daniel chapter 3, just if you're taking notes this morning, go to Daniel 3, 28, verses 28 through 29. This is what Daniel chapter 3 says about that. It says, uh, then Nebuchadnezzar said, Nebuchadnezzar. The one that was saying, you have to bow down to my idol. The one who was not serving the real God. This is what Nebuchadnezzar said. Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree, therefore, I decree... That the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save this way. All that happened ultimately so that the God we serve, Jehovah God, the God that we serve, the the one uh, that that we trust in from day to day, that that, that he ultimately would get the credit and the glory from the Babylonians in the kingdom at that particular moment of time. He says it was all for my glory. And, and, And now my name can be praised and my name can be lifted high. For more proof of this, Psalm 23, probably the most quoted psalm in all the Bible, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He Make me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Look at verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. For his namesake. We are here ultimately to extend the glory of God. And one of the examples I want to give you is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, he writes this epistle, this letter to the church at Philippi while he's in prison, while he's in, in a Roman jail. He's writing this letter, and he's, he's saying these particular words that we're going to read together. But I want you to see it in the context of we are here to experience his grace. We are here to extend his glory. Paul's locked up, and he's hopeful that he's going to get out of jail, but he, he's writing this letter, and this is what he says. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all of my prayers for all of you. I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. But watch what verse 7, he says, he says in verses 7 through 21, it's right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart, whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel. This is what he says, all of you share in God's grace with me. Thank God for his grace. All of you share in the grace of God with me. You're saved. 
You're filled with the Spirit. You, you love Jesus. You share in God's grace with me. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. To the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Paul's saying, I'm in jail. But what has happened to me, I'm not having a pity party about it. You know, I uh, stopped throwing pity parties a while back because no one would ever come to them. It's all by myself. He, he says, it's, I want you to know what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. The good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. That's the gospel. He said, what's happened to me has served to advance the gospel. <laughs> Can you see it this morning? He said, don't feel sorry for me. What's happened to me, the kingdom of God is getting bigger. People in jail are getting saved. People's lives are being changed. Because of my change, verse 13, as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, verse 14, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. That's what he's saying. I'm here for a reason. It's not for me. That's not the reason I'm here. It's not the reason we are here. We are here for his kingdom and for his glory's sake. He says in verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Wow, powerful words. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's a win. W-I-N, it's a win. If I die, i got to be with Jesus. He says, if I go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. This will mean fruitful labor. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. You know, when we think of heaven, when we think of eternity, we are willing to go. We're willing to go. How many of you are willing to go to heaven? But really in our humanity, we want to stay. You get that? Paul, he's, he, he's saying, I'm willing to stay, but I want to go. That's what Paul's saying. Paul's got the reverse. Like, I'm willing to stay for your benefit, but I want to go. Well, that we could live that way, ultimately for the glory of God, not just as we get older, but as every day of our lives, that it would be a reality that, you know what, to die is gain, to live is Christ. It's not Danny, it's not Stephanie, it's not Toby, it's not Tepi, it's not Missy, it's, it's Christ living in me for the praise and glory of God. He says, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So number one, here we go. Three points, real quick. Number one, 
it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. It's not about you. you. You ever hear this? Oh, God loves me. Praise God. He loves me. He loves me. Thank God. He loves me. But if that's all we're getting to, that he loves me. If that's all we're getting to, then who's the center of the gospel? Me. I will be lifted high. I will be lifted up. No. This is not about you. This is not about me. This is sola deo gloria. This is all for the glory of God alone. And we're all about him. And it's not about me. It's about his kingdom. Pastor and author David Platt wrote a book years ago called Radical. And uh, I want to just read an excerpt from this book, Radical, because some of the what I'm sharing with you this morning has been coming through rereading part of this chapter in the book in preparation for this week. But this is what he says, and I'll just read you a page, about a page and a half, and we'll go to point number two. But he says, if you were to ask the average Christian sitting in a worship service on Sunday morning, so I'll ask you, To summarize the message of Christianity, you would most likely hear something along the lines of, and here it is what I just said actually, the message of Christianity is that God loves me. Or someone might say the message of Christianity is that God loves me enough to send his son Jesus to die for me. As wonderful as this sentiment sounds, is it biblical? Isn't it incomplete based on, based on what we have seen in the Bible? God Loves me is not the essence of biblical Christianity because if God loves me is the essence of biblical Christianity, then the object of Christianity is me. Therefore, when I look for a church, I look for the music that best fits me, the programs that best fit me and my family. What when I make plans for my life and career is about what works best for me and my family. When I consider the house I will live in, the car I will drive, the clothes I will wear, the way I will live, I will choose according to what is best for me. This is the version of Christianity that largely prevails within the American culture. But it's not biblical Christianity. The message of biblical Christianity is God loves, is not God loves me, period. As if we were the object of our own faith, the message of biblical Christianity is God loves me so that I might make his ways, his salvation, his glory, and his greatness known among all nations. Now God then at that point is the object of our faith and Christianity centers around him. Therefore, we are not the center of our faith. What passion author is saying is that we are not the center. It's not about us. It's not about us at all. Point number two, it is about him. It is about him. It's about him. Thank God that we can have a personal testimony that we know when we were lost. We know we were serving the devil. We know our life was not complete. It was incomplete. We understand that. We thank God for our personal testimony. But without the fact that, you know what? God saved me. God filled me. God changed me. God has done a work in my life 
for his glory. And I am going to share what he has done with this world so that their life can be changed ultimately so that he can get the credit, so he can get the glory, so that his kingdom can, can, could advance in and through me all the days of my life. And it will always not just be about how he saved me and filled me, but so that he can get the credit, his kingdom can advance through my life ultimately for his glory. Hallelujah. That's why we're here. Soli Deo Gloria. It's not about me. It's about him. Philippians 2, verses 12 through 13 says, Therefore, my dear friend, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. It's God. It's not about me. It's about him. And it's about, number three, them. If you look up here at the cross this morning, it's pointing vertically, right? Straight up and down. I believe that's vertical. Yeah, always got vertical and horizontal mixed up. It's in school. Like, that teacher doesn't know what she's talking about. She keeps doing this, saying it's vertical. No, that's horizontal. Yeah, I was one of those. But it, it focuses, which way is this? Horizontal. Y'all trying to confuse me now. It points this way as well. That means it's about him and it's about them, this world. Jesus said it this way, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the greatest commandment, and to love your neighbor as you love your Self. Christianity is the only great faith in this world that commands us, commands us to love our enemies. Commands us to love our enemies. We love our enemies. We pray for those that persecute us. We love our enemies. You know why? Because it's not about me. <laughs> Don't you love Soledad Gloria? Man, I can get in trouble all week. Hey, that's not about you. You just need to grow up. Right? You just need to grow up. You just need to go to Lowe's, buy a ladder, and get over it. Right? Because it's not about us. I hope if you have a favorite uh, contemporary song that we sing, that, that, that we sing that next Sunday, that it blesses you and like, whoa. Or a gospel song that we sing that and, whoa. But you know what? My favorite is that bluegrass. Come on. God hasn't sent a banjo player yet, you know. But, you know, it's not about me. I can put that on Spotify when I get in the car. I just want to sing to the praise of God. Lord, I, I finally made it to Sunday. I finally made it to Sunday, Lord. It's about you now. It's about your kingdom. It's about your glory. Could we just one more time commit to lay our life down? lay ourselves down and say, Lord, it's not about me any longer. It's about you and your kingdom.